Welcome to the Fear Soul Podcast. I'm Jordan Ray, the Soul Diva, and I'm on a mission for women to love themselves fiercely, live soulfully, transform their trauma and toxic experiences, to reclaim their worth and self-expression. I chat with thought leaders and inspirational women in free-flowing conversations, with a focus on loving yourself, soulful living, emotional well-being, creative expression, and body wisdom, intended to empower you to practice self-love and guide you to your authentic self-expression. Welcome back, Fierce Souls. Today, I am lucky enough to be joined by the wonderful Claudine Nightingale Ray. She is a body image blue health coach. I am going to hand over to her to explain to you exactly what that is. Hi, Claudine. Nice to have you. Hi, thanks for having me. It's awesome to be here. Yeah, I often kind of think about what should I call myself because it doesn't make an awful lot of sense to people necessarily. So kind of two parts to it, really, that I blend together. So the body image part is around um, I help women and girls who are fed up of disliking their bodies, feeling rubbish in their bodies, not sure what to do about that. I help them um, start to accept their bodies. So sometimes I talk about body kindness and body acceptance um, rather than terms like body positivity. And I'm sure we'll get onto the reasons why I think that term has been misused over the years. Um, So, yeah, so I kind of um, it starts with body image for a lot of women. and, And often that is a symptom of a wider struggle with with self-worth self-esteem confidence that sort of thing so whilst the focus becomes on the body image um the ripples of that go so much wider so if you have a negative body image it very much affects people's lives in every area that you wouldn't think was connected so social lives relationships careers maybe um wellness mental health all of that stuff so if we can shift it if we can enable girls and women to start seeing themselves in a different light, seeing themselves more positively, getting rid of all the crap, awful messages that we are given all our lives about how we should look, then those positive impacts ripple into every area of their lives as well. And my clients, whilst we've been working specifically on body image, have made incredible transformations, left their jobs, moved countries, you know, got got into new relationships, all, all sorts of stuff. And then the blue health part is the idea that natural water, so we know green spaces are so good for us and we now know there's loads of research out now that blue spaces are good for us and that means being near natural water or on it or in it or, you know, swimming or paddleboarding or just sitting by it even can be really, really beneficial emotionally, mentally, as well as doing physical activity nearby. So I combine that because of my love of the sea, I'm 10 minute walk from the sea, I'm so lucky to be down in Hove I incorporate that into my train into my coaching so when I work face to face mostly I coach down at the beach so small group stuff and one-to-one I've got a friend who's got a beach hut so we can get some shelter if it's raining and then sometimes I actually coach in the sea so sometimes particularly with teenage girls rather than sitting looking at each other feeling awkward we get in the sea and we swim and we talk and we have the coaching sessions actually in the sea which is an incredible setting to do this kind of work it's so freeing I love that. And I was just reminded of when I worked with young people, it was always about the car journeys. Yeah. <laughs> so that they, like you said, you weren't in that face to face looking at each other, just thinking, yeah, how, how much freer and I don't know, I don't know what the word is, but yes, just being in the sea instead of in the car and contained. Sounds yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I love it. Just hearing you talk about the women you work with, it kind of took me back a little bit to my own journey, which was, you know, from teenage years, thinking I was fat, not feeling confident in my body and how I looked. And actually, I was a size 12 to 14, you know, I'm 5 foot 11, can't avoid that. And yet, didn't have the confidence, didn't feel I wanted to be in the center of anything and then when I did start to put the weight on then I appreciated the body that I did have but like you said you know one of the things I know that I've done since I put my weight on is I used to live in heels even at my height and I had you know my only flat shoes with my trainers now it's almost reverse because I don't want to be in that space anymore because of being conscious and Mm. yes the impact and just the knock-on and how that kind of then ripples out to everything and how you present yourself sat here just resonating from from my side and doing the work so how did on the basis that was a brief overview of my story Mm -hmm. how did you get into doing all of this so similar backstory to you so as a kid I had short hair most most of my childhood um I didn't really want short hair but that's my mum decided and got mistaken for being a boy a lot which frustrated me I didn't didn't like that and then hit puberty and kind of very quickly developed curves and a womanly figure so I almost feel like I didn't I never looked like a girl I went from looking like a boy to looking like a woman and developed quite quickly and yeah got curves which I interpreted as fat and being too big because I was bigger than any of my friends at the time and got got boobs and first one to wear a bra and all of that sort of stuff so I remember getting bullied for like you said being a 14 um friends at a sleepover looking at my jeans in my bag while I was on the loo and saying you know making fun of me for having a size 14 bum when they were I don't know what size they were wearing maybe they're still in kids clothes at the time and that kind of sowed some seeds and that and other experiences of just comments that weren't even meant to be negative but made me really self-conscious at home and other places so that led along with other things to, like I say, general self-worth stuff, um, led to years of basically dieting, thinking I needed to shrink myself. And now looking back, kind of, I realised the idea of I was trying to shrink my body and in doing that, I was trying to shrink myself as a whole person and didn't want to be seen and didn't want to, you know, I was very shy in some social, social situations and would rather just sit in the corner rather than, you know, having any light shone on me. And yeah, so in terms of the, the dieting aspect, I went on a free diet, you know, the Slimming World, paid fortune to them over the years and Weight Watchers and all of that stuff. I got quite obsessed about exercise. So I did, again, a very common thing. So I must have been about 29, maybe, maybe 30. I started on Weight Watchers again for the umpteenth time because it worked. And then I stopped going and then I put the weight on and that, that cycle that we all go through started again, started losing weight. And then my then boyfriend posed. So then I had a motivator, had to get thin for the wedding. And that was just, and I became an obsession. And, you know, it never just, it just never occurred to me that I didn't have to do that. It's just what everybody did. Unless you were, you know, really slim already, that's just what you did. And it didn't happen with me, but I hear women talking about, they go into a wedding dress shop and the, the staff will be like, well, obviously we need to get you a size smaller because presumably you're going to lose weight for the wedding and you're going to slim down. And there's just like so much of that culture around weddings. And I've got quite a few people who follow me who are on that path and feel like they've got to lose that weight for the wedding for this one day, this one incredibly special day. So I got into that trap, spent a year obsessively dieting, restricting myself. I spent a year feeling hungry 
angry and hangry. <laughs> and I blame that. I blame it on that, that I became a bit of a bread seller, I do admit. And obsessively exercising. That's the other thing that came at that time. So I was going to like four or five spin classes a week, um, the cycling ones. And I don't know if it still happens. It probably does in some gyms. I haven't been to spin, spin class for years now. But some of the instructors would be like, come on, if you're not feeling sick, then you're not working hard enough. And all of that kind of attitude, which is just really quite scary. And I was I, did, I was doing slimming pills as well because I couldn't quite get to that goal weight. So I was like, right, what else can I do? I was, well, I was restricting food, obsessively exercising. And yeah, let's add some slimming pills on the top of that as well. So, so I got to my smallest, I got to my goal weight, felt amazing on my wedding day, but I didn't feel amazing because I was a certain size and weight. I felt amazing because it was my wedding day. And I tried to sustain that weight loss and I just couldn't. It was taking up too much headspace. It was impacting my mental health. Yeah, it was just obsession and it was just unsustainable. So after that, I kind of started started trying to worry a bit less. And then not long after we um, got married, I got pregnant. So there's all the mental stuff that goes, the emotional stuff that goes on in terms of your body image with that. So I gave myself permission to eat whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, and put on loads of weight and didn't lose it when I had the baby, then got pregnant quite quickly again. Yeah. So after my second child, I was like, right, I need to do something about this. I don't plan to have any more kids. So I need to lose weight again. And I try to, instead of being obsessed with the scales and my weight, like I previously was, I tried to avoid that. So I was measuring my um, progress with the tape measure. So how many inches can I lose off my weight, waist and my bum and all that sort of thing, which was equally as damaging, actually, just in a different way. I ditched the scales, but I got obsessed with the tape measure. So, yeah, I think it was in the middle of all that when about five years ago or so, I watched a film called Embrace which is a documentary about body image and about one woman's obsession with getting the perfect body and then realising that didn't make her happy and accepting herself as she was. And that just really sparked something in me. It was the first time ever I'd actually considered, and it just sounds crazy now, it's the first time I'd ever thought, oh, right, dieting and shrinking myself and losing weight isn't compulsory. (laughs) I have a choice. I have a choice here. And she talks in the film about for her when she realised that it was like a light switch going on, flicking a switch. And I talk about it. For me, it was more like that sparked on like a dimmer switch. It was still really low, but it just sparked that that um, light on a little bit. And then over the years with counselling and coaching and very, and lots of reading and research and all of that sort of stuff, I you know, got to a place of total acceptance, like I said earlier, both with my body and myself as a, as a whole person. And it's just going to be so much freedom. And it doesn't mean, I really, really emphasise when I talk to people, it doesn't mean I look in the mirror every day, every morning at my body when I get out of the shower and go, oh my God, I look so amazing. It's not so much about how I look. Some days I do think that, especially maybe if I've got dressed up for a night out, I might look in the mirror and go, yeah, I look great, I look hot. And other days I'll look in the mirror and go, and then I'll get on with my day. Whereas previously I would have looked in the mirror felt miserable, criticised myself, told myself I was useless and lazy and blah de blah and that would affect how I showed up that day, the mood I was in, what I ate, what I drank, whether I exercised, how much, and just everything, absolutely everything. Lovely inner critic that we all have. You talking about your wedding, I was just really taken by the fact that you have this partner who has chosen to be with you as you are friends and family who are accepting of you as you are yeah and yet there you are 
any bride in particular I think but I know that the grooms do it where you feel you need to change for the wedding day yeah and become somebody that you weren't at the time you said yes and they asked and everybody said yes we'd love to join you and Mm -hmm. suddenly you have to be this different person and and I think that's not just weddings that's so many situations we end up in and actually it's just brought to mind I went on holiday a few years ago and I was like oh I won't buy a bikini I don't feel confident so I'd bought a one piece and I'd looked at it and I was like oh and I'd bought this kind of almost this swim dress type and then of course you get on holiday and there's women of all shapes and sizes in their bikinis and suddenly I'm sat there going why didn't I bring a bikini and it's because I think we also have to remember that so much of this is cultural societal so there's something about the fact that maybe what I would wear on holiday like the bikini because everyone else is I might not wear down at the beach in this country I don't know why there's just this different sense to it mm-hmm. yeah I'm sat here going and I'm about to use the words I tell all my clients off <laughs> for using but how crazy is that that mm. <laughs> that's still a mindset that I hold even though I'm with you I'm like I try not to let my body hold me back mm. But then there's also times where it does naturally. When I was out in America, there were a couple of activities I would have loved to have done. But there was a a realistic weight limit and they were safety limits. Mm. And there was nothing I could do about that. And so for me, there are things that I I go, no, I would genuinely like to get my weight down because those are the activities I'd love to go and do. But it's not necessarily about changing my body and actually Mm. all the work still on the inside. It's that feeling good so I can then go and do something I really want rather than if I could do it as I was right now, I'd do it. Absolutely. And I'd love us to be in a position where society changes rather than you having to change to be able to do that activity like why can't they get stronger harnesses and why can't they so there's real fat phobia in, in society I think and well I know I don't think and you know people struggle with seating in the theatre for example or on a plane and so many places we can't necessarily walk into a high street shop and get clothes that fit us apart from a very limited amount and there's so many ways in which women in bigger bodies people in bigger bodies are discriminated against and given that you know a a size 16 I think is an average size in the UK and yet most high street shops that's where their clothing stops they go right down to tiny sizes but they don't go above 16 unless you go online or you go to that that section that shady section right at the back for the fat people off you go go and hide in the corner so yeah there are so many things that maybe it wouldn't take that much adjustment to change and be more inclusive no but then I'm, I'm also very aware that it's a little bit like Big Pharma, isn't it? Which is Big Pharma doesn't want us to be healthy and well and have a cure because of the amount of money it would cost them in all the pills and tinctures and everything else that we take in the mm. process. Ultimately, there's a, a level there as well with the diet industry that the minute that clothing does start to cater across the board and the minute that anybody not just women accepts that actually we don't need to have the diets and I'm very aware we're about to hit the body acceptance versus body positivity in in a moment though because there are exceptions to this where does that leave the income from the diet diet industry which is millions billions well yeah but in saying that 
I'm very aware that we are in that point of this body positivity and I am with you that I think there's a negative side to that wording because it's not always positive to be bigger there is an awareness of health Mm -hmm. but there's an awareness of health at any size you are yeah you can be slim and not do anything and sit around and eat all the wrong foods and actually inside of you isn't healthy absolutely but I'm aware when it's some elements of the body positivity is almost used as an excuse to get bigger there's kind of almost a, a misuse of it so for me I think the whole thing around health is it's a really complex one isn't it so We can't tell somebody's health by looking at them. We don't know what's going on inside their body. Like you say, really slim people can be very, very unwell, either because of lifestyle choices or because of genetics. And, you know, lifestyle choices, we are led to believe by the diet and fitness industry that like 99% of our health is about what we eat and what we don't eat and how we exercise. And it's not. It's about, I don't know if it's about 25% or something, how healthy we are depends much more on our position in society, our level of financial stability, our genetics, all of those things, things that we can't necessarily do anything about. And looking at somebody doesn't tell you how healthy they are or not. We've been led to believe that our whole lives, that being fat means being lazy, means being ill, means you're going to get a heart attack and a stroke and all of this stuff. And my understanding, and there's lots of research more recently to show this, that some of those pieces of research that we take as absolute gospel and absolute truth are being debunked because they have been funded by the diet industry they've been funded by people who make slimming pills or stuff like that to make us absolutely terrified of having excess fat in our bodies but we can have excess fat in our bodies and be extremely fit and well and healthy and all of those things i've got a brilliant example of this a few years ago probably at my heaviest as an adult went for like a full body MOT, like a private one. So it's quite thorough. Sat down with the doctor when she, while, while she told me my results and can't remember the numbers, but tiny, less than 1% chance of a stroke, less than 1% chance of a heart attack. Blood pressure was great. Cholesterol was great. All my stats were absolutely brilliant. You know, low risk of anything that is measurable. And then she said, you need to lose some weight. And I said, why? And she said, because your BMI is high. And I said, okay, so what does that mean? Why do I need, why would it benefit me to reduce my BMI, reduce my weight? And she couldn't answer me. She could not answer me because she just sat there and told me my risk of all these things that we generally associate with people in bigger bodies were all great and fine and low risk. And she couldn't, she was a doctor for God's sake. She wasn't just somebody reading out the bloody report to me. She was a doctor and she could not, it was literally like computer says no. BMI says no, you have to lose weight. And she could not tell me, and an actual health-related reason why I had to. And it just, that kind of really struck me as to how much, <laughs> I call the BMI, the, the Bullshit Measurement Index. Hope you don't mind swearing on the podcast. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> but it doesn't take account of genetics. So I know my BMI is high, but I am still at the high end of BMI and almost falling out the scale when I was at my lowest weight because it's the same BMI for me at, like I said, 5'11", as it would be for somebody who's 4'11". Yeah. There's no allowance. I know there is a height in there, but it does push you out and it doesn't take account of a lot of things. Absolutely. So, yeah, like you said, it's not all about the not being able to see the health of somebody just by looking at them. And you summed it up by saying there's this image that people are lazy. There's this image. The number of times I see 
online where there's a post of somebody that's would be classed as plus size the comments underneath are all well they just need to eat less they just need to exercise more just do this just do that Mm. and I think again particularly as women it doesn't take account of things like PCOS it doesn't take account of factors that can naturally affect the weight and make it so difficult to lose even if that person wants to and again thinking self I for the last 18 months I have to limit my physical activity because Mm -hmm. otherwise I'd knock myself out so I can't just exercise right now that's not healthy for my body that would have the adverse effect I'm aware that there are days I don't put the best stuff in my body but that's a choice and I make Mm -hmm. that choice but I think it's this you just need to do it and it's a very masculine way of thinking and actually quite often it's men making the comments Mm. we have got this patriarchal society where women judge women it's not just men making those judgments a woman will wear something and we've all seen it online the comments that they get actually where are we in supporting each other because if we were lifting each other up, if that woman actually did want to do something and wanted to feel good about herself, the fact that she felt good, there might be the motivation to start, not even to start, she just might naturally start choosing healthier options. She might start choosing to do things and do activities she hasn't done because she's feared the judgment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh gosh, there's so much in that I could unpick. <laughs> Go for <laughs> so it. Just on the left, I was just starting to think about, you know, so we know there's loads and loads of research that tells us stress is bad for us. Stress has an effect, a negative effect, not only on our minds and emotional state, but on our body as well. Loneliness is massively harmful to us. You know, it's 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 kills at the end of the day. So if people are making what other people judge to be wrong choices in their food. And then they're probably feeling ashamed because they've eaten that thing or they've eaten too much of that thing. Maybe they are bigger than they want to be and they isolate themselves and they don't go out. And a lot of that stuff has such a negative impact. We get into this spiral, you know, even if that's kind of not your life. Loads of us can relate to things like planned. You put your gym stuff in your your bag and intended to go to the gym after work. You had a rough day at work. Actually, you're a bit knackered. You don't really feel like going to the gym. So you go home, you decide to order a takeaway or eat the whole packet of biscuits that's in the cupboard and you just get into the spiral. Well, I've not been to the gym anyway. I've ruined the day. So I may as well just carry on. And you just get into this spiral of shame that makes you feel crap. So you might come for eat and eat even more. And doing all of that stuff isn't going to motivate you to do make healthy choices tomorrow. You're going to not feel like going to the gym tomorrow. Or you might go the other way and go to the gym and push yourself, push yourself to punish yourself for whatever choices you made the day before. And some of that mental stuff can be, we get obsessed with, you know, if, as long as we go to the gym and we eat well, and we're, like I say, we're going to be healthy. But actually, even if your body's healthy because you're making those choices, but it's impacting your mind, like it did when I was losing the weight for the wedding, why is physical, then there's this whole debate about what's more important, your physical health or your mental health? Because you can have the most perfectly healthy body, but if you haven't got your mental health, then what's the point in that you know there's no there is no answer to which of those is more important but they're both probably equally as important as each other so yeah it's just so much judgment and years and years of messages that we've been given like you say from the diet industry but it's it's seeped into every single area of our life so lots of us of, our, of my generation of our generation feel the way we do about diets because of 
where we grew up. Our mums often were on a diet all of their adult life. All the time I remember my mum talking about calories and yeah, needing to lose weight for an event, needing to fit into a particular outfit for a particular day, all of those, all of those sorts of things. And we're surrounded by it. And of course, social media has exacerbated that so much. And yeah, there's not, there's not enough representation. I think if we, if we saw more bodies of every size, if we, and shape, if we saw more diversity, then we'd be much more likely to accept our own bodies. But when we only see, whether it be on social media, and obviously that's changing and you have control to some extent of that. Like I don't see diet stuff and weight loss stuff and women of a, of a certain size. I see because I've chosen to curate my feed in a way that I see everything. And, you know, if a diet advert pops up, I'm straight on that block and report button and it's spam and it's offensive and all of that stuff because I don't want that in my world. Another example is going into high street shops and the mannequins are all going to be a size 10 and you look at something and go oh that that dress is nice go and pick it up in my size 18 oh looks nothing like the mannequin looked and then when nike i think it was a few years ago started to use diverse size mannequins they were promoting obesity they're selling fitness clothing and they're showing that it can be worn by women in bigger bodies but they're promoting obesity I always remember when I, I love going to the gym, put me in a Zumba class and I'm in my element. And exactly, I remember trying to find gym clothes that made me feel good in the first place to even step into that class. I don't want to be there in this oversized t-shirt because that's all I can buy. But actually you look at a lot of the plus size exercise clothing and know that it's changing, but up until recent years it doesn't light you up it doesn't make you feel good it's all oversized and baggy or it's actually the opposite which they just upgrade the tight stuff from the you know the size eight and it's like well, I don't want to be walking in that either <laughs> it brought to mind I was going to say several years ago it's a long time ago now I was performing with a samba group in Notting Hill Carnival and we saw our outfit our costume but we only saw it from the front and it looked like it was like a skirt or a little sarong. And we went up to the first costume making session and the person making our costumes literally stood there with this tiny pair of hot pants going, <laughs> they're really flattering for everybody. And I was, hang on, what? Where, where were they in the costume? <laughs> the fact this was Notting Hill, the fact that there were women a lot bigger than me wearing a lot less. Mm. Actually, on the day going out on the road helped. But all the time up till that, and even the getting ready, there was nobody else in the group that was my size. Like you were saying about you look at stuff on on the mannequin and then you try it on for yourself. I know that my hot pants weren't just in the selection and picked up. The, the lovely person that was doing the costumes made sure my costume fit me. Mm. It was added and everything. So I felt as good in it as I could. But I think that's it. It's about how do we feel good? Alongside that, there was one other thought I had as you were talking about the representation. I've always had big hips, big ass, no choice, bust. But when I was younger and as a teenager, it was the time of the wave. It was the time where you were straight up and down. There was no Beyonce. There was no J-Lo. There was certainly no Kim Kardashian. Actually, if I'd have seen those role models, I would have potentially realised my body was okay. But instead, I had 
Kate Moss and the straight up and down and mm. slim and almost androgynous. We were going into that period and my body wasn't that. There is so much that we've improved on. We do have more access to plus size clothes. Yes, it might not all be in the high street shops. There is more access. Yeah. There is more representation. Yeah, You have people out there. Lizzo has just come to mind as somebody who really just steps out as she is. There are these people out there, but it's just not enough yet. Absolutely. I was just thinking, as you said, Liz, Lizzo, right, can we name some more? I know, and I was struggling. Bodies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I was thinking, how has her surname gone? Kelly Clarkson, who mm-hmm. obviously for all the years she was touring, pre-baby as well, was this very slim woman. And yeah. she now does her show and she hasn't been somebody who has then tried to force herself back. Mm. She now comes out as she is. and yeah. But how much hate has she got from the media for oh. not bouncing yeah. back, not losing the baby weight, not conforming to ridiculous... Uh standards that we can't meet oh i i know and that's the bit that any of these whether it's the performers or actors that put on the weight absolutely there's a level of criticism but i'm sort of very aware that so much of the media we're back to this patriarchal we've got so much media that is male controlled and we have certain levels of expectation and again back to this societal because in a different culture different country yeah. expectations would be completely different absolutely absolutely and you've mentioned that a couple of times you've mentioned different periods in time as well and you know the so-called ideal body shape shifts like you say over time so we had Marilyn Monroe who I think was a size 16 and curvy and absolutely revered and then the following decade it was twiggy so very much like the 90s and the wife the very kind of boyish slim no curves and um, the 80s, we have had supermodels with big boobs, big bums, not to the extent that, like you say, Kim, Kim Kardashian, but it's just all so unrealistic and, and presented as the, the way to look. And this is what we need to achieve. And of course, there are never, there's only gonna, ever going to be a tiny proportion of society that naturally fits that mould or can fit that mould. And that just talking about Marilyn Monroe and Kim, Kim Kardashian in the same sentence makes me think about, you know, the recent tomato diet did you hear about that a few months ago no I have missed this one (laughs) how have I missed this one it's laughable but it's actually really scary and shocking so when she she was slimming down for I don't know it was a couple of weeks to try and get to Marilyn Monroe's dress to wear on a red carpet apparently she supposedly only ate tomatoes or something crazy like that for two weeks in order to do this so there's so there's so much wrong with that obviously no offense against tomatoes but you need more than tomatoes in your life, in your diet. The idea, it's like the wedding thing of slimming down to get into a dress that doesn't fit you for a particular event. And the other thing I saw about it was the fact that it actually didn't work. So this is what she portrayed to the world. I've just lost all this weight in two weeks to get into this amazing dress, aren't I amazing? But it didn't work because she, she wasn't slim enough. The dress didn't do up at the back. So any pictures you see of her on that red carpet in that dress... She's got a fur coat draped over her shoulders because the zip wouldn't do up at the back. So to portray all that is wrong to start with. But the fact that it's fake, it's a lie. It didn't even happen. It's just just what we see. We just don't know what we see and what the truth is and what's altered, filtered. These celebs have chefs. They have personal trainers. They are overseen. Actually, what came to mind as you were talking was some of these actors that either 
choose to put the weight on or or lose a lot of weight but they are overseen when they're doing this yeah and they're supported whichever way they're doing it and then they're supported back yeah and I think what we see is this what appears to be this very quick transformation because Mm. of course the last film we saw that person in yeah. they were slim but of course that last film was actually filmed two years before we've seen yeah. it yeah absolutely that's so true so whether it's the photoshop print pictures whether it's these actors we have to remember that for most people and this comes back to where you were saying about health and where we are in society and what we have access to we see the end result what we don't see is the journey absolutely Absolutely. And we're talking mainly about women. And so I, like I said, I work with women and girls, anybody who identifies as a woman. And I made that choice because I'm a woman and that's been my experience. And of course, I don't, I don't mean to not acknowledge, of course, they, a lot of men and boys definitely have this pressure on them. Not in the same way, not to the same extent, but there was somebody did a post about Zac Efron that I saw yesterday and how, when he was in Baywatch, I don't know how long ago that was, but when he was in Baywatch, he had this incredible six pack and he's recently talked about the mental difficulties and physical. He wasn't physically well getting and maintaining that body that everybody from the outside saw and thought was amazing looking and you know the epitome of health and actually it wasn't he was having digestive problems he was having major mental health problems to try and keep that body and then the more of course in that sort of situation when you're in the spotlight the more the media tell you how amazing it is and the more fans you get and the more women I think he's straight um fawning over him the more he's going to feel the pressure to keep that up because he knows what utter vitriol he's going to get from the media if he lets lets himself go and stops doing all that and has a normal normal looking body (laughs) something weird popped into my head as you were were chatting and I was thinking about particularly the city boys or certainly as they were in the 80s and 90s where you'd work long hours you then go and kill yourself in the gym Mm. and I'm aware there was other substances being used as well for some of those Mm. but it's like where's their family in that where's the work-life balance in that yes you might look good yes you've got the money to dress well and party and enjoy your life and all of those things but actually you're working all these hours which when we're back to cortisol and you're going to have lots of unhelpful chemicals and hormones flooding your body all the time you're killing yourself in the gym and there's a point where actually work-life balance whether it's children whether it's just not doing your 68 hours a week at work because that's not good for your mental health either Mm. so you might have the great body yeah but it's what you're giving up absolutely but many of us in our kind of teens and 20s think we're invincible and we don't think anything's going to affect us long term you know we don't necessarily not of course it's a massive generalization but a lot of us have that mentality don't we that we can treat our bodies however we want right now because we're young and we can get away with it one we've touched very little on your coaching in the sea and the actual blue (laughs) health side of it so the first question is would you like to come back and have another conversation on more of the blue health (laughs) absolutely i'd love to rather than squeezing into a couple of minutes (laughs) but how can people find you how can people work with you if this has sparked their interest okay so one of the ways is I am about to host a screening of the film Embrace that I mentioned earlier on so as I say it's a, it's had such an impact on me it was interesting so it was 
it's not kind of on general release. It's available, but it's always tricky to find. So they did, when they released it, they, and it's an Australian film. So its release over here was limited. A friend of mine went to the cinema to see it. I think there was two showings of it. Um, and phoned me and said, you have to, like the second showing is tonight. I went last night, you have to go and see this film. You'll just love it. So I found a friend and the two of us went that night. And like I said, it's just had such an impact on me to the extent that I wanted to share it with the world and get the message out to as many people as I could. So I started hosting screenings, the first of which was 20 odd women squished into my living room watching this film. And my husband and kids were in bed. So my husband gets up early for work. And he said that like around nine o'clock when the film ended, there was just this roar of conversation. And everybody was so enthusiastically talking about this film. And then like an hour and a half, two hours later, I looked around the room. Everybody was still chatting away about this film. That's how much it can spark for everybody. And it just absolutely warmed my heart. So then I started doing more um, larger public greenings. So of course, that's been paused for the last couple of years. So I'm doing it again. I'm so excited. It's on the 6th of October down in Hove at a pub and tickets are available. I'll send you all the links and stuff to, to share around that. But there's nothing better. So yeah, you might be able to find it online and watch it at home. There's nothing better than to come into a room and share that energy of watching it with other people. Men are in, all genders are very welcome. It's interesting. So a lot of the time I get, a lot of the women I work with have daughters who are struggling with their own mental health um, and body image so often I'm asked when I do the screenings you know what age is it appropriate for can I bring my daughter and the age guidance is 12 but what the woman Taryn Brumfit who created the film has been working on for the last couple of years is a kids version and they've just released that in Australia because obviously that's just so important it's not about weight we've talked about weight and size haven't we mostly today but body image is of course about so many other differences you know skin color skin conditions ability and disability all sorts of different different aspects so the kids film then that's even more exciting I can't wait till that comes out in this country so I can start sharing that with parents and with kids themselves that'd be absolutely brilliant but yeah there's so much you can take from the adult version for yourself or kids and as I say I've had teen, lots of teenage girls come along to the film dragged reluctantly by their mums and admitting that actually they've really taken a lot from the film as well that's one thing I'm very screening on the 6th of October I've I've also started doing some little sessions once a month on the beach so combining all this work together just getting together and having a really nice informal chat about some of this stuff about body image about how we can start feeling better about our bodies doing some meditation as we look out to the sea and then an optional sea swim afterwards because so many women I work with want to get in the sea but they're scared for various reasons like you were saying earlier they don't want to be in in a bikini on, on the beach in Brighton or they're scared of the cold or they're just just fearful and don't feel like they can do it so we talk about that and we talk about how we can shift our mindset to be able to do that and you know sometimes if I've got a woman in in cold water who thought she could never do that in a million years there's this whole freedom and this sense of achievement and we talk about well, what can you do now <laughs> you've done that what else can you do that you didn't think you could do because when I got and we'll save the story in detail for next time but when I got into the sea for the first time four and a half years ago I realized that the only thing stopping me getting in I'd been jogging past along the seafront for years admiring these people who swim all year round and went up to some people and said I wish I could do that and they're like why can't you I'm like oh 
I don't actually have a reason. It's just up here. It's just my head telling me I'm not that kind of person. So yeah, so much can come up of that. So so once a month, free beach sessions that I do at different times of day and week to, to kind of enable different people to come. And then I have an online, a much more in-depth online group coaching program. I'm going to start that again in November. Uh, that's 10 weeks of deep diving into why we have all these feelings and where we get these messages from and what we can do about it. And that will therefore straddle Christmas, which is a really tricky time for people. You've got to lose weight to get into that party dress for my Christmas parties. Then I'll really overindulge over Christmas and then I'll lose it again in, in, in January when it's New Year, New You and all those messages that tell us what we should be doing with our bodies. So yeah, I can support people around that crazy time as well. Always open for one-to-one stuff. I do a lot online. If people aren't local to me, I do a lot of one-to-one work online. Look me up, get in touch. Let's see how we can help more people and spread this important message. Absolutely. From a coaching perspective, this is such an important message. And I know there are other coaches out there you know, doing it, but quite often it's how accessible, you know, how easy it is to find everybody. So mm. the fact that I get to share you and I will drop all your links into the show notes so that people can get in touch with you and if they're local for the screening and find out and then yes or maybe after the embrace screening we'll get you back again and then we can see how that went and talk much more about all the blue health I'd love that thank you thanks so much for having me thank you Claudine thank you for joining me for yet another fierce soul conversation to find out more about me and my work please see the links in the show notes. And don't forget to like, share and subscribe. I look forward to you joining me next time.